Hey guys, welcome to the Bohoning Soul Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me again. Today is going to be a solo episode. Uh, I'm recording this on uh, December 7th, you know, a day that we'll live in infamy. It's uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Uh, certainly a very, uh, you know, historic day, sad day in, uh, in military history, but... Um, yeah, it's that. And uh, just prior to recording this, actually, I'm recording it kind of late. I found out that one of my childhood heroes—I don't have a lot of heroes—and I always say, you know, never meet your heroes. Um, but I uh, found out that uh, Chuck Yeager, General Chuck Yeager, uh, just passed away just uh, about an hour or two ago, apparently. So uh, the guy was 97. The guy was an absolute freaking legend. I mean, just legend. Um, the man, of course, obviously, he's the first guy to break the uh, uh, the sound barrier. He is. Uh, he was a test pilot, uh, you know, fighter pilot, World War II, uh, flew in, you know, Korea and you know, Vietnam and also all that kind of stuff. So, um, if you guys are into aviation, if any of you are into military aviation, you know Chuck Yeager. And if you don't, shame on you. You're really out of this guy. Uh, I probably read his autobiography at least a half a dozen times, maybe a dozen times over the years. My book, my old paperback book, is just completely tattered and torn and and all that kind of stuff. And if you want, basically non-stop adventure from cover to cover read his autobiography go get it it's it's just called Jaeger an autobiography so anyway um, I, d- I didn't intend for this intro to be a Chuck Jaeger in, uh, intro um, but uh, like I said this this the news was just kind of very very quick uh, he was one of my uh, one of my heroes and and um, you know so anyway uh, I guess he's he's breaking uh, sound barriers in the sky again uh, up there so anyway um, I've basically been just hanging out and not hanging out. I've been not in the woods. Let's let's put it that way. I've been working. Um, I've been doing this uh, this PVD personal vehicle driver for UPS. Uh, it's only seasonal. It's very good money. Um, and uh, you know, if you guys are looking for like a side gig, definitely go check that out. It's a UPS PVD personal vehicle driver. They pay you know around here they pay like twenty eight bucks an hour, and uh, you know fifty eight cents a mile mileage. And, um, you know, like today was a very light, like I light day. I only worked about like, like four hours or something like that. But most days, you know, averaging about seven and a half, eight hours, that workload might get heavier, uh, get an overtime and stuff, but it's great pay. Um, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing. I don't really know what I want to do with the rest of my life when I grow up. Um, cause that's probably going to end, it's going to end in, in January. So I'm thinking of, um, you know, going down the, the, the trades route and I'm really looking hard at, uh, uh, the electrical route. So if you, if any of you guys are electricians, by the way, um, let me know, hit me up, send me a message, do something. And, uh, let me know if, uh, you know, I, I probably want to pick your brain about, you know, a, th- a thousand questions about, you know, how to get into it, what to do. I, I know the basics here in Minnesota, but, um, I kind of more want like, uh, uh, just kind of career path advice as far as, you know, specializing in certain things and, you know, what, what, what's an emerging field and what's not kind of thing. So that's kind of like a personal thing. So if you guys are listening to this and you're, you're in that industry or, or kind of adjacent industries, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to talk to you. So, um, other than that, like I said, I'm probably not going to get out hunting, um, anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm not even going out shooting my bow. I'm shooting, you know, 13 yards in my basement here and that's pretty much it. Again, just, uh, work and my wife's work and the fact that, uh, 
you know, these, these stupid rules with these stupid governors, with, with these stupid school rules where the kids are at home instead of being in school like they should be. Um, it's absolutely just killing everybody. It's, it's just ridiculous. Um, no one has any free time whatsoever because, you know, they either have to work and then when they're done working, they have to be, you know, a, a, a parent, obviously, but a teacher as well all day long. It's absolutely just just ridiculous, the, the amount of, uh, um, you know, uh, trouble and woe and all that stuff these these stupid governors have, have, have caused so anyway I'm not going to rant too too much on that I uh, don't want to go down too much of a negative path with that but you know th this 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 bullshit's got to end so what I wanted to get into uh, this episode is uh, I, I kind of wanted to go over some bows um, I'm going to title this to all the bows I've loved before, and if you guys are uh, some of the older guys, will know. You know, if you you'll recognize the uh, the Julio Iglesias uh, uh, reference there. So I'm not going to go over every single bow that I've that I've that I've shot since um, you know getting into traditional archery, maybe like I don't know four or five years ago. I will touch on some, but in the last couple of years, especially, I've I've kind of been quote unquote testing, and by testing, I mean I've been buying and and shooting and then selling. Like no one's sending me this stuff for free, you know. Um, but I've been testing some so, some different bows, and a lot of them they're they're, they're quite different from one another. There's there's a lot of there, there's some similarities in some aspects, but a lot there's a lot of differences. And what I'm finding is uh, the more I shoot a variety of bows and styles and 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 and, and weights and feel and all that stuff, I'm kind of uh, going through the, the you know the, the criteria I guess um, of what I like uh, some. Um, you know attributes of these bows of what I like and what I don't like and that's really helping me narrow down to figure out what bow I want to shoot for the rest of my life and I know that's not gonna happen I'm gonna jump around I'm I, I'd love to be like the the one bow guy but I, I can't do that so um, you know starting off shooting of course I started off with the Samick Sage uh, you know I had a, I had a, a, a more recent production bear grizzly in there bear montana in there for a little bit i hated the montana um you know i had a kodiak magnum i had a, I have a, still have an older bear, bear grizzly which uh i, I love which I, I dearly love that's a 1966 uh i've shot the omega original reflex deflex longbow i've shot a 59 kodiak um uh, 40 pound version and a 50 pound version both of those are the the, the more recent reproduction ones uh, Bodnik slick stick I've shot a Tolki pika uh, and again just the other day I did a video so yesterday or the day before I can't remember I did a video on a Samic sage I went and bought another you know Samic sage just just to because uh, I haven't shot one of them in it's been a few years I've had a couple of those bows and uh, this time I got like a 55 pound version just to see you know because I don't really shoot heavy heavy to me that's heavy poundage um, yes I can shoot it just fine but uh, I, I do notice that after shooting it a while I was getting a lot of elbow pain you know the next day I've been shooting it for for a few days and there's a reason why you know I keep I keep coming back away from heavy poundage like that it's just sometimes I mean I can literally feel uh, when I draw back, drawing back's not a problem. Holding's not a problem. It's it's an accurate bow. I've got some arrows tuned to it, but I can literally feel like my elbow elbow joint or whatever's in there. Like I can hear it go squish, not so much crunch, but like squish. And I don't like feeling a squish or hearing a squish when I when I draw back uh, on, on my bow arm. So anyway, um, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. So um, the things I wanted to talk about, we'll we'll, we'll kind of touch on some of the more recent bows, like I said. 
but uh, I figured we can break this up into a couple couple different ways here. Uh, the first part, um, we can talk about like the attributes that, 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 that I'm looking for, that, that, that I'm finding I like and I don't like. And then the second half of it, we can kind of touch on these particular, you know, maybe like four, four of these bows or whatever, and, um, and see how they hit those points, how they don't hit those points, and that kind of thing. So the attributes, if we want to just dive right into this, uh, is grip, uh, weight, and by weight I mean like overall mass weight of the bow, uh, the length of the bow, um, the sight window slash uh, shelf, like the rest, the arrow rest of the shelf that you know that, that the arrow actually sits on, and then um, obviously draw weight. So, so let's start with grip. I've said it before, you've heard me say it before, grip to me is like almost everything. It's probably about like 80% of the bow for me. Um, you know, the the other, the other I guess, would be the length of the bow, okay? But uh, grip to me is just absolutely huge. Um, it is your interface with this weapon, with this tool. Um, not to get all woo-woo about it, but I mean, it's li it literally is an extension of you. It's an extension of your body that actually grips and interfaces with this bow, and that it's it's beyond important. Now, obviously, you know your other hand interfaces with the string. Yeah, a string's a string. Whatever. You know, unless you get string pinch, and I really don't get string pinch, I, or if I do, I don't notice it. I don't really care about it. But grip, I immediately notice. If a you know if if I have to. Um, to, you know, hold it a certain way to keep it from twisting in my hand, or if I have to, you know, squeeze a little extra hard, or if I have to, if I, if I feel a different, you know, like some weird pressure point, then that's going to be an issue for me. And the grips that just kind of click with with me are the ones that I don't even have to think about, and then I come back to it afterwards, going, "Oh man, that's comfy." I don't have to worry about how I pick it up. I don't have to worry about how I grip it. I don't have to worry about if it's going to twist in my hand or torque or, or move around, slide around. Um, it's not going to rock back and forth when I draw back or at the shot. So the the, the grips that I'm finding that I really really like um, and I, is is actually one that has uh, like like a medium wrist. Okay, I don't like a low wrist. I don't like a high wrist. I like a medium wrist. And it needs to have a flat spot in the palm, kind of like where you know where your lifeline is or whatever in, in, in your palm. Uh, that the flat spot's very very important because it keeps the bow from rocking and kind of torquing in your hand because it's well, it's a flat spot, um, and it it's, it just keeps it more stable in your hand. I like a locator grip like that. I like a locator grip where I can uh, not necessarily even like finger grooves, but um, a thumb a thumb groove like a thumb rest, a little slight thumb rest is, is is I'm liking a lot because I feel like I can instead of trying to grip if you would imagine trying to grip a like a broom handle, you're trying to grip a broom handle, let's say with a little bit of a, of a of like a knob or something like that you know underneath your thumb so if you were to make a fist and just kind of do it you know right now if you want to and you kind of look kind of look funny if you do it in front of somebody but hold your hand out like you're gonna have you know hold a bow and then make it make a grip make a curled grip right and then try and squeezing it well if you notice your thumb you know at least like the, the front joint of it tends to go down Right, I mean everything goes inward and downward when you when you're squeezing uh, and kind of making like a fist uh, with, with your hand. Well, that kind of not only like your fingers lock it in, but your thumb locks it down. Okay, you got like a downward component of locking the thing into your hand. 
and especially with with a um, you, know, you don't you don't you don't so much get it with like a like a um, like a really low wrist you know non locator kind of grip but if you do have any kind of like angle to the grip like at like a you know high high wrist medium wrist whatever then yeah absolutely because you are kind of doing this opposing force thing where your thumb is kind of like shoving that grip down um, into your palm and it's kind of locking it in place and it's just to me it's a whole lot more stable I really like it um, and actually the grips, the two grips that, uh, that, that really hit those two points, believe it or not for me, was the Samic Sage and now uh, the Tolki Pika. Now the Samic Sage, uh, I keep you know, it, it may be heresy to some, some of you guys, but that riser, that, well, that, the grip, the grip shape, honestly, is just about damn near perfect. Um, it's not too, it's not too big. It can be a little bit skinnier, just a little bit for me, for my, I got like medium hands, but it's got the right angle. It's got the right flat spot. It's got the right kind of, uh, uh, curve a little bit down, you know, down in your palm where it kind of swoops away. So it doesn't have like a, um, like a hard, hard, you know, um, point at, at the bottom of your hand. Um, that grip is just, just about perfect. It's got just enough of a thumb locator. And I, I really, really love it. Um, again, I, I hadn't shot one in, in in a few years until just just the other day. Again, like I said, I'm picking it up right now. Actually, this riser is sitting in my hand right now, and I mean, it's it's absolutely just about like the most comfortable for me uh, grip. So if I were to replicate, you know, this on pretty much any bow, this is what I would replicate on any bow. Now the Tolki Pika is actually the you know, Tolki grips are really known uh, for their incredible grips as well. The um, uh, it's 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 got the same kind of locator. Not not and they got two different kinds by the way. They got the regular the grips and then they've got what they call the classic, which is more of like a low wrist non locator style. But I had the you know the regular uh, you know pistol grip locator grip. Got got a little bit of a, um, a thumb you know thumb rest thumb groove kind of thing. Um, it's a little bit skinnier than a Samic Sage, obviously, but my, I found that my hands absolutely perfectly, perfectly, perfectly fit uh, and locked in place with, with the Pika. I, I absolutely loved the grip on that one. So those two are kind of like primo for me. Uh, the Bodnik Slick Stick was kind of close. Um, but it was actually moved around on the hand a little bit because I think it was the, the texture or the, the finish on the bow was a little bit slick. But it's 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 pretty close. It's not it's not as good as the Pika and the and, and the Samic Sage. But um, those two are the ones that I've absolutely really really loved. Now my Grizzly, I actually did a bit some modifications on it and I added some and, and sanded some. I did some some of that GB Weld uh, uh, quick wood uh, to to make it a better grip for me. And then that grip actually works perfectly for me. But honestly. Um, you know, I'm not that big of a fan of like the modern Grizzly uh, grip. It's not bad. It's just it doesn't fit me as well as, as some of these other ones. But you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of neither here nor there. So, um, what I didn't like uh, as far as grip goes is let's say like on a um, uh, a 59 Kodiak, right? Now, the beautiful bow, but that is a really really skinny. Uh, grip and it's almost long bowish. Okay, it's a very skinny grip. It's got a leather wrap on it, but there's no flat spot. 
There's no thumb locator, and it's not meant to be, but there's no flat spot on the thing. And in fact, the part that, that, that interfaces with in, in your palm, the part that's like facing you, actually has like a ridge. It's like a high point there, um, which, which I, don't, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe it's like old school design, and it is old school design. I mean, it's a 1959, you know, Kodiak. Um, even, you know, obviously the reproduction ones are made to the original specs as, as the original bows. So... Um, what I ended up doing with my 40 pounder uh, was taking off the leather wrap and actually sanding, um, you know, with a rasp and then a sander, uh, just a slight flat spot, a very slight f a flat spot. You can't do too much because there's not that much beef there in the riser to begin with. But I did like a little bit of a flat spot just to keep the thing from rocking in my hand. Um, but uh, it still was never as perfect a grip, um, a grip that I didn't have to think about. It was a grip that I did have to think about. And, um, yeah, I mean, I recently sold, you know, so sold that, that one off by, you know, I had it for a few years and I actually sold it off. I got to the point where it's like, you know, it's shooting to the left for me. It's not naturally pointing. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into the Kodiak later, but, um, that kind of grip, it's a low risk grip, um, does not have a locator, does not have a flat spot, uh, completely not what I wanted. So I'm not really, too jazzed on that. Now, the only style of bow that I have not shot yet, I've shot, I've shot all of them, I think, but the only one I haven't shot is I have not shot a straight, straight grip, straight handle, hill style bow. Okay, like a Northern Mist, you know, classic or, or, or you know, Great Northern, something like that. I would like to try one of them. Okay, obviously, everyone listens to Jason Samkoviak and he talks about his uh, Northern Mist classic. And if you watched any of his uh, videos, um, he espouses how, you know, you can pretty much grip, grip the bow in any way, in any form, any shape, doesn't matter, and it shoots great for him. Well, I mean, we're all different, and I don't know. Maybe it is that way. But um, for me, that's, that's the one style of bow that I, or style of grip that I haven't shot. The closest thing I came to that was my Bear Montana that I had, and I absolutely hated that bow. Um, and I'm not the only one that hates that bow. And that's really not a um, a true hill style grip anyway. Uh, it's just it's got its own weird thing going on. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I haven't shot that. So I, I would like to definitely try one of those bows just to, just to see um, how it does in my hand how it points for me, how natural it feels, do I have to think about it, not think about it, but otherwise that pistol grip, medium wrist, um, you know, slight you know, thumb locator, and that's that's going to be, you know, the deal for me, so. Okay, moving right along, so mass weight. Now, this one I'm really not, I don't really have that much of an opinion on, because the heaviest bow that I've shot uh, is well, the Samix Sage. It's a it's a pretty beefy riser. It's a long riser. Um, you know, there's there's you know there's a lot going on there. I haven't even measured. I don't think I tape measure right now. It's like 20 inch. It's like or a 19 inch riser, I think. So, you know, th there's there's a lot of wood there. There's a lot of mass there. Um, so I haven't shot anything heavier than that, to be honest. I know lots of bows nowadays, custom bows come with, you know, uh, you know, like Micarta and, and some G10 and uh, this other like heavy man-made manufactured stuff in there to make it a heavy mass weight riser. Um, especially if you have a, uh, if it's a, like a takedown bow, a uh, three-piece bow where, you know, the, the limb connections and things like that, they add a bunch of mass weight. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, I haven't shot any of the, of the, of the heavyweight, you know, quote unquote heavyweight kind of bows. Um, I know in theory, of course, that, uh, you know, the more weight that the thing has, the easier it is to keep, um, 
uh, to keep pointed. Okay, the, the the less susceptible it is to float to going off center, uh, less susceptible it is to torquing. It absorbs a lot more, you know, energy and and and, and vibration and things like that. And it's just it's just more steady. Um, it just holds on target steady. You know, you're never going to be absolutely um, you know, dead, dead, perfect straight. I mean, even with a compound, they say, you know, let the thing float, let the pin float. It's okay. You're supposed to work on your release. Well, with a heavier bow, the float is less, you know, no matter what, it's just going to be less of a float. It's still going to be there with a lighter bow. Theoretically, it's going to float more because it's just, it's just easier for, for, you know, you know, the mass to get moved around because there's less mass there. There's a less, you know, less inertia. So, um, you know, the the lightest bow that I had was by far, by far that Bodnik slick stick. I mean, that thing was feather light. Um, that one felt like you could like toss it in the air, and uh, you know it would it would kind of come down, you know, li like a feather. You know what I mean? But um, the one I thought was going to be super feather light that actually wasn't was the Tolkien Pika. And the Pika is, you know, it, that does have like linen micarta in it. Again, man-made, heavier, a lot of resin in it. And it wasn't a heavy bow, but it just wasn't, I would call it like a medium, you know, medium weight, like what you'd, what you'd probably expect when you pick up any other bow. Um, I just thought it was going to be a whole lot lighter than it was, and I was actually surprised that it wasn't. But that, but that Bodnik slick stick was, was absolutely like the lightest, most featherweight thing that, that, that I've ever picked up it's quite amazing plus the you know there's a lot of bamboo in that bow so um, it, it's 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 lighter in general so mass weight I'm really not that uh, not, not that picky about I don't really have um, a preference one way or another maybe if I was more of a target shooter um, or if I tried you know some something heavy like some of these like like, like a bobbly heavy you know the heavy what do they call them the heavy weights or whatever or um, you know a, a, a metal riser bow with uh, with stabilizer weights and, and sideways and things like that just to keep a whole lot more mass in the thing maybe I, if I had more experience with that I'd have more of an opinion but honestly I, I really don't so I'm just gonna kind of move on from that so the next thing in line is length the length of the bow man okay here is where uh, I know I'm gonna ruffle some feathers especially for some of you um, you know hill style American semi longbow you know ASL ASL type shooters okay now before we get into this I know that you can probably get used to shooting a longer bow. I get it. Okay, it just you you take it in the field, you learn you know your space around you, you get the spatial orientation, you learn how much limb clearance you're going to have. It becomes natural. You move around with the thing differently. I get it. I don't want to do that. I've tried it. Okay, sorry. I've tried it. I don't like it. I don't like long bows. The longest bow that I had was a 64-inch uh, Omega Original. Now, Kagan makes fantastic bows, um, and I don't, the, the Omega is a fantastic, the, the original, it's, it, that one's gone away, I think. I can't remember the name of his, the one that replaced it, but he makes fantastic bows. But that one was a, re, you know, a reflex deflex, uh, you know, long bow, and great bow shot great but I just didn't like carrying it around now I'm talking I'm not talking about just standing around at the um, you know target bail uh, or indoor range you know where you're standing upright perfectly I'm talking like actually like carrying it out in the field carrying it with you through the woods carrying it up in a tree stand uh, hunkering down and you know in, in a blowdown um, you know like real world conditions you know whether whether you're actually hunting or whether you're you know stump shooting or just you know carrying the thing around or or you're at the 3d range and you're um, you know practicing in real world conditions 
I think the longer the bow, not, not I think, I know, the longer the bow it is, the more you have to cant the thing, first of all, the closer you are to the ground. And I typically set, I, I, I set up on the ground a lot. And, you know, there's no way you can hold a bow like that upright. There's, there's just no way. Um, there's no way you can hold, you know, most traditional bows like dead perfectly vertical upright. But the longer the bow, the more you have to cant it. And I'm not against canting it. But um, I, for, for me, it's, it's just walking around the woods. I, I snag on more stuff. I dig the t limb tips into more things. It gets caught on more brush and, 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 and you know, swamp grass and, and things like that. And I just, you know, I, I don't like it. Now, I would like to try, again, I keep saying, I would like to try like a full-on straight handle, D-shape, 66-inch, uh, you know, hill-style bow. Just to carry that around and just, just to say that I did and take some shots and, and you know, may, maybe you're like ring one out for a week or something like that. And I really get some, some, some you know, some field time with it. But, um, judging from the, what I've shot, you know, in the past few years, I'm really gravitating toward a bow that is under you know 60 inch AMO for a recurve and I'm actually closer to 58 inch AMO like on that on that Grizzly the Grizzly is a 58 inch AMO and it is when it's strung up it's 55 55 or 55 and a half inches and that's really the dimension that I'm that I'm that I'm going off of I don't really care what the AMO dimension is because the measurement is obviously different on a recurve because they're just more you know surface area uh, that you know that the tape measure has to go across than it is for a longbow but um, when the thing is actually strung up what I'm what you know what really counts is how big is that bow tip to tip that's all I'm really concerned about how big is that thing tip to tip and um, I found that my grizzly is about 55 50 it's hanging up here but uh, yeah I'm not gonna measure it I think it's like 55 55 and a half uh, when it's actually strung up ready to go that Tolkien pica is also that was a 56 inch t uh, pica and that also measures uh, like 55 inch when it's strung up ready to go because obviously you know, longbow, uh, the, the the AMO length versus the actual strong length is is a lot closer to each other than a, than a recurve. Um, you know, a 60 inch recurve, you know, like a 58 inch recurve, like I said, will will lose like you know three inches, three and a half inches, or something like that, uh, com compared to uh, its actual its actual length. But anyway, I'm really liking that size. Now, I did have a 52 inch uh, Kodiak Magnum. And uh, I just could, I mean, I had that bow for a while. I shot it okay, but I, I couldn't, I wasn't, there was enough inconsistencies every now and then that would creep up in a shot that I just could not explain. Um, I don't know if it was torquing my hand. I don't know if it was the bow. I don't know, you know, whatever it was that I just, I, I can't trust it. So it had to go. I, I liked it. It was nostalgia. You know, that was also a, a 1966 bow. Um, I was starting to refinish it actually, and I just sold it off to another guy saying, Hey, it's partially refinished. Here you go. I sent it, I sold it to him for cheap and he's got it. I hope he's doing good things with it. Uh, great bow. Just, just not for me. But, um, I, like I said, the 50, 58 inch is, is, is really good. Now I can even tell the difference between a 58 inch and a 60 inch that, that the 59 Kodiak is a 60 inch AMO bow. So it's like a couple inches longer than, than the Grizzly. I could definitely tell that I was snagging more things and I was like, Kind of, kind of like like clipping more things and banging into more things um, with 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 that bow than with the grizzly. Now, some of you guys are going to say, "No, you're not. It's in your head. It, it, you know, it's only an inch on either side." I'm sorry, an inch on either side is noticeable if you're in tight spots. It just is. 
Okay, there, I mean, it just, you know, don't tell me that it's not. Um, it's it probably, it's not that big a deal, but I mean, it, it is enough that it's like noticeable, like, oh, hey, I, 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 I dug this limb tip in, or oh, oh I, I snagged this, uh, you know, limb over here. And um, I don't know, I, I know you're probably saying, well, you just got to be more cognizant of where you are. Okay, well, maybe, but again, I don't want to. I want it to come naturally. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm really like liking, liking that size, 58 inch. Um, AMO 56, you know, ish, 55, 56 inch, uh, strung up, ready to go. I only pulled 27 inches, so I don't really have, you know, that much to worry about, about stacking anyway. So I can shoot the shorter bows. It's not that big a deal. So that's what I'm liking. Um, sight window and the rest. Now, this is a huge one, okay? Whenever I can, I, I want to run a bare weather rest. I want to run an elevated rest, and the only elevated rest I've, I've, I've ever really tried is the bare weather rest. Yes, it wears down. Yes, the, you know, the arm kind of wears down after a while, and you got to keep, you know, moving, moving your knock point down because, you know, as, as the, as the, uh, the rest wears down, the tip, you know, the front of the arrow tips down, so you end up kind of knock high, so you got to compensate for that, you know, the, the wear by bringing the, your, 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 you know, your, your knock on the string lower and lower. But, I mean, that takes like, you know, like a thousand shots or whatever. To, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't happen right away. So, um, but that better, bare weather rest, I, I'd like a running that thing on pretty much anything I can because it absolutely makes tuning like infinitely better. Now, um, even if your bow has a very, very radiused uh, shelf and side plate and everything like that, it's still, to me, no matter any of the bows I've shot, it's to me, it still doesn't fly as good as it does, let's say, coming off of, of, of an elevated rest. Uh, lots of reasons for that. I'm not going to dive that, that deep into it. There's a lot of theories on it. There's a lot of theories about, you know, putting a furniture pad underneath it, putting, you know, um, off on a flat shelf, let's say, putting like a toothpick underneath it. Uh, I think that makes it, um, that, that actually changes the, the, the tuning, not necessarily just, just from a contact point of view, but also from how much pressure is on that tiny little point that, that, that the arrow is riding on. Um, I'm not, I, I've tried it all. I'm not a fan of doing that. I think the most forgiving and, and best best um, uh, way, way to launch the thing is off of a weather rest because the weather rest, it's one tiny point of contact, but the arm actually has a bit of flex to it. It's got a little bit of give. It's almost like a shock absorber for the initial hit of energy. And I, uh, this is my belief. Um, maybe, uh, you know, someone like, like Cody Greenwood or Trad Lab or whatever can kind of verify these things or dig a little bit deeper. But my... Um, you know, my, my shooting, my, my results, I guess, uh, from, 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 from trying different things is that that is a more forgiving rest than say, uh, you know, if you have a flat shelf, you know, like I said, you hear people say, put, put a toothpick underneath it to raise it up. So it's only on one little point. Well, I've tried doing the toothpick thing or the nail thing, or like half a chopstick or whatever it is, you know, just to elevate it furniture pad. I think if you do something that hard, underneath it it's one point of contact there and it doesn't absorb any hit and it 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 it, it gets a lot of wear over that because you put velcro over it <clears throat> you put the toothpick in you put the velcro over it um or you know rug rest or whatever it is and i think no i know that it wears down very very like at, at an accelerated rate because it's such you know one little point of contact that arrow's going by and i think there's a lot of force going on there especially if you have you know because of the knock high um you know setups that we have in our in, in our traditional bows 
and there's just no give there. So I'm not that big a fan on, you know, doing the, the you know the toothpick trick. Yeah, it'll work, but then take a hundred shots and see what that what that Velcro looks like. It it'll be worn down right to the to the toothpick or the nail or whatever you've got underneath there. The Velcro will be gone. Um, you know, and, and I know you're gonna say, well, you know, if it's if it's tuned right, it's not it's not supposed to wear like that. Well, no, that's that's baloney. If it's tuned right, yeah, you're not going to have wear on the sides, you know, uh, you know, from from fletching and uh, whatever contact, hard contact. It's not going to hit the, the side of the riser, but it does. But it is going to wear right underneath the arrow where the arrow contacts when it's sliding on 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 that rest on that one little point. It's inevitable. It it just does. That's what it does. So. Um, I guess on some bows, you you know you can't do that. For example, on the pica, uh, and also on that slick stick, I could not put an elevated rest on. If I were to shoot those bows, I would have to just suck it up and be like, okay, I can only get to a level of tune that is not quite as perfect as I can get with something that does have an elevated rest. Now the 59 Kodiak had a large enough sight window, and I could I could do that. Um, I, I ran a, a weather rest on there and perfect. If I did anything else on there, nope, it just it just flew like crap. It's a dead straight shelf on that on, on that thing. Uh, I tried the furniture pad, I've tried the, the toothpick, I tried whatever. Nothing cleaned up the flight like a weather rest did. Absolutely, I mean night and day difference. Okay, that's a bow that I could do it on. Now on something like a pica, which has a very like short and angled sight window. Uh, where the uh, where the side plate, you know, the you know the the, the vertical part, I guess, uh, doesn't go up, you know, it, it it doesn't go up vertical enough before it starts jutting back inward, you know, to close out the the the, the sight window immediately. I mean, the arrow pretty much like rests in like a little V notch almost, right? You've got your rest, you, you got your shelf, just horizontal, and then you've got the vertical part of the uh, of of the side, the side plate there. It immediately starts angling back inward, kind of like over over the arrow. So if I were to put any kind of elevation rest on it it would elevate it would elevate the arrow but it would also start kicking out the tip of the arrow outboard which kind of defeats the purpose of you know trying trying to tune the thing because now you got to go like super extra weak and you got to paradox more around around the riser and it just makes it a whole lot harder so <clears throat> you, you just some bows you know you just can't put that kind of rest on there you, you just you just can't um that slick stick was the same way the pica is the same way and again you just got to resign yourself to the fact that okay it's a really nice hard radius uh you know, a shelf that they, that they put on there for minimal contact but every now and then you're still going to get a little bit of feather bounce or you're going to get a little bit of wonky flight out of one out of five arrows or something like that and, you, and it's unfortunately uh, there, there's there's no way around it i know you know you're to say well these guys have been shooting like this for you know you know 20 30 years it's no big deal you know whatever that's what feathers are for well okay but i mean i like perfect flight and um i, I don't think you can achieve as good a flight off of something like that than you can with a um uh an, an elevated rest i mean that's just just that's that's just plain science I, I don't care who wants to debate me on it i mean it's, it's just fact so you can do your best to tune it out but there's no way you're going to get to the same level. So I really want a bow that has an elevated rest if I can get it. Um, now, having said that, by the way, I did just commission, is that the right word, commission? Um, Greg Coffee over at uh, Java Man for uh, an Elkhart, a 56-inch Elkhart. 
kind of treating myself. Um, it's going to be, um, you know, kind of like a black, like a black charcoal, uh, with, with blue accents in it. I, I really like the black and blue look, you know, and you know, I know on the L card, there's no way I'm going to be able to put a, an elevated rest on there. He's got a radius shelf and I'm going to tune my arrows the best I can out of that thing. And I'm sure they're going to fly fantastic. But again, that's a bow. No, I'm going into getting that bow knowing that that's one of the criteria that I'm not going to be able to, um, to to satisfy for me. But that's okay. It's one of those trade-off things that you're just going to have to make. And um, you know, if 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 you if you are a pure 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 purist and you want to only shoot off the shelf and whatever, fine, go for it. You know, and just try to tune your arrows um, the the best you can. But understand that there are better ways with a different style of sight window and riser where you can get better better flight that's just a fact okay so moving on to uh draw weight now i am let's see right now i'm down to again one bow I had that 55 pounds amic sage i'm actually going to send it back i'm not going to keep the thing uh i did a video on it and everything like that but i, I realized I, I just don't need another another bow sitting around here um so all my other bows are gone except for that bear grizzly and my compound. That's it. I got two bows sitting here. Uh, the grizzly is a 41 and a half pound bow at 27. Okay. Now I don't have a problem shooting a heavier poundage bow. Like I said, this the sage here that I was kind of um, dicking around with, 55 pounds. Um, yeah, I can shoot it, but it, it it gets it gets tedious after a while. Like I don't really want to keep drawing back on it after you know 60 70 shots um you're going to say well why are you taking that many shots well because i want to i i, I like shooting my bows i want to be able to shoot them and i know that um i haven't ha had it out hunting obviously and I haven't been sitting in a tree stand for three four hours and uh you know cold and shivering or whatever and and i i don't know if i'll be able to pull the thing back if if uh if, if i do that maybe i don't know maybe you got to pull it back a little bit just to kind of warm up the muscles but um it's one more thing that i, I just don't really have a desire to go down. I like shooting heavy arrows or, you know, heavy-ish arrows anyway. And I don't think, um, you know, when the time comes and something trots in front of me, I'm, that I'm, penetration is going to be an issue. Um, with that said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really liking like, like a 40, you know, 43 to 45 pound bow. Um, this Java man um, that, that I'm having made, the, the Elkhart is uh, going to be, you know, I told him between 45 and 47. That I don't think is a problem. Um, you know, any, any, any of the lighter weight bows. And I, and I think I've told you guys before why I ended up with such lightweight bows. You know, I was pulling a lot longer, um, uh, draw length. So I bought the 40 pounders thinking there'll be like 43 to 45, but then my draw length shrunk. So I was shooting, you know, the, the Kodiak was a, uh, you know, a 40 pound bow shooting like 38 pounds. Um, so anyway, the Grizzly is like a 41 and a half, 42 pound bow, um, you know, it chucks a 560 grain arrow at like 144 feet per second. Okay, I'm good with that. You know, it's, it's got good trajectory. Um, it drops off, you know, precipitously after 20 yards. I don't care. I don't care to shoot past 20 yards. Um, I'm really not like a longer distance 3D guy. I, I, I just don't care. So um, anything in that range, 42 to 45, maybe 47, I think that's kind of, you know, going to be... Um, my sweet spot. I, I'm really liking that. And the Tolkien Pika, that was like 48 something pounds. Um, you know, at my draw, I was actually having to draw it a little bit farther because I didn't have a clicker on it. But I was when I, when I was testing that bow, the, the arrows that I had uh, were I, I, I was in between spines. And I didn't have a, um, an arrow that I could shoot properly out of that at my, at my regular draw length. So I was having to draw that thing back like well past 28 just to get some 400s to fly right. 
And, uh, you know, that, so that ended up being like a 48, 49, something like that pound bow, 50 pound bow. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could shoot that just fine, but again, not, not my preference. I'm, I'm really happy with, um, you know, because I, cause, cause I like shooting a lot. I like, I, I want to be able to pick the thing up and I don't want to dread, um, the next shot. I don't want to dread the next batch of five arrows as I'm walking back, you know, from, from the target going, Oh, I don't want to pull this thing back. I want to be like, yeah, I want to pull this thing back. So that's the draw weight I'm, I'm kind of shooting for. Again, I don't really have the experience of putting, you know, these things through animals to be like, oh, this didn't work, that didn't work. But judging from everyone else's experience, you know, a 560 grain arrow, um, you know, at, at any of the ranges that I'm going to shoot it at, if, if to, to my mind, is going to zip right through something. So I'm, I'm really not that concerned about it at all. Um, you know, so slow and heavy, fine. I'm good with it. So, so there you have it. So those, you know, that's, that's, those are kind of the criteria, I guess, of, of where I've settled. I guess one of the other ones is, you know, recurve versus longbow. Now, aesthetically, I think personally, a recurve is just sexier. It just is. Um, and you know, we have to look at these things. We have to carry these things. And most oftentimes we're sitting in a tree stand or, or, you know, you know, in a tree, whatever, and you're and and you're staring at it, right? I mean, you're looking at this bow more than actually like using this bow, especially when you're when you're hunting. So you want to look at something nice. I know that sounds vain, but goddamn, these things are nice. You know, they're they're, they're beautiful. So I I I prefer the look of a recurve. I just think they just got more curves, more sexy, that kind of thing. Um, there is something very cool, um, very utilitarian about like a D-shaped longbow, a hill style bow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do like the look of a lot of uh, RD, uh, reflex, deflex, longbows, but to me, it's like, okay, well, you're kind of halfway there to go into a recurve. Now, why did I pick um, the Java Man Elkhart? Well, because um, I've been looking at them for a long, long time, and they're pretty unique. I mean, they've got they've got that, that forward set handle. Um, it's a reflex, deflex, but the limbs kind of have, the, I call it a crooked limb. I, I'm sure I'm sure Greg ha has a, a name for it. I don't know if he has a, a certain name for the design that he has, but it kind of does like this kind of like little kink in it you know it's very unique looking it's not like your average you know rd bow and don't get me wrong like like the pika was a beautiful looking bow um you know the um you know the, the bodnik slick stick i had the recurve version of it but the slick stick kind of is is the recurve um uh re reflex deflex uh, longbow you know so the the looks are there it's just you know, I, I, I prefer the look of a recurve, and if it's going to be a longbow, it's got to be kind of unique, hence hence the uh, the Java Man Elkhart. So I'm really looking forward to that, but I don't really have much of a preference one way or another on it, uh, you know, not too much as long as it shoots shoots like great for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm preferring the look of, of, of a recurve, and that's 100% pure vanity, um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. So, okay, so let's move on to the actual bows that I've been kind of shooting in no particular order here. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk, we've talked about some of these things already, but we'll kind of talk about um, where these where these bows hit and miss on the criteria that, that I was talking about. That, that Kodiak, the 59 Kodiak, um, both the 40 pounder and the 50 pounder that I had just wouldn't shoot per, as, as naturally and, and point as naturally for me as I would like. I really, 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 really wanted um, for that to be the case, but it just wasn't. I mean, <clears throat> it's such a gorgeous bow. So it's, it's a just an iconic, sexy, old school, um, just amazing, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous looking bow. And you know, it's especially for a factory bow. Okay. 
but it just didn't shoot right for me. Even when I sanded that flat spot, even when, you know, it just, it, it just didn't. And it had to go. My, my 40 pounder was, was shooting, well, the 50 pounder hadn't had its own set of issues. Um, I can, I can get in deeper with that uh, a little bit later here, but, um, the 40 pounder that I've had, you know, that I've been shooting the most, it was consistent. I mean, it, it was shooting good groups, but it was consistently shooting just a cu couple few inches to the left. And I can't have that. I mean, I can't, I'm, I don't want to do the mental math, uh, you know, wondering like, okay, at, you know, 15 yards, it's going to be on at 20 yards. It's going to be, you know, uh, you know, X many inches and a 10 yards is going to be X many inches, you know, left, right. I don't want to have to think about that. I don't want to have to think about aiming, you know, a, to a different spot so I can hit the spot that I'm, that I'm intending to hit. You know, I want to hit where I'm looking and it just wasn't doing it. So the grip on that thing, uh, was, was the big, uh, biggie, biggie for me. The, um, um, the shelf obviously is totally flat. I hate the feather rest that came on it. That thing had to go. Bare weather rest, put one on there, not a problem. Now, I did have a 50-pound uh, version for a while that, that, that I was testing out um, just because I wanted to shoot, you know, a, a heavier boat. And that one was, was really weird. The, um, the, th that one was actually a little bit heavier than rated. So at 27 inch, that was 49 pounds. Okay. And my 40 pounder is 38 pounds at, uh, at, at 27 inch. Now, I don't know whether this is on purpose or not, but between the two bows, the machining of the, uh, the, the, like the thickness of, of this, of the, oh, the machining of the center cut. Okay. Um, how, how, how close to center, it's not cut past center or whatever, but, um, was, was, was different. The thickness of this, of the side, um, like the beef on the side of, of, of the riser of the sight window was actually different too. And for some reason, I, I don't, I can't, I cannot tell you why the bow that was 49 pounds. Okay. Versus 38 pounds. Okay. We're talking 11 pounds difference. 11 pounds difference, same brace height, same everything, same string silencers, same, you know, elevated rest, same knock height, all that, all that stuff. The heavier bow shot the exact same arrow as the lighter bow, except it actually needed another 25 grains up front. Okay. Think about that for a second. The 38 pounder was shooting a 500 spine gold tip traditional, like 30 inch, 30 and a half or whatever it is, um, 100 grain brass and 145 grain tip. The 50 pound bow shot the exact same arrow, but instead of 145 grain tip, it was taking 175 grain tip to be uh, bear shafting. Now tell me how that makes any sense. It should be at least, in my mind, one whole, at least one spine range stiffer and if not, if not that, then at least like the tip weight needs to be much less, but this was shooting the exact same arrow with more, uh, tip weight. I, I don't understand it. And no, I wasn't getting a false positive with, with the lighter bow. I wasn't getting a false weak reading. I mean, I, I, I know how to bear shaft tune. I know how these things fly and I know how to tune them. Um, and, and when I started measuring things, you know, the, the grip, the overall grip on the, uh, the heavier bow, the, um, the heavier poundage bow was actually thinner. And the side plate or the, the side plate thickness, okay, was also thinner, which again goes completely against the way you, you, would, you would think it would be because um, with more center shot, 
Okay, so with less beef in the in, in the in the thickness of the riser by about 80 or 90 thou. Okay, um, you'd think you'd have more center shot. It would take a stiffer spine to go more straight down the pipe instead of having a paradox around, and it didn't. It, it was just I, I I don't know. But either way, the, the, neither that bow nor my um, you know the, the lighter weight one shot as perfect for me as I wanted. The lighter weight one it had, you know, it was more, man, I've had this for a few years. I've shot it a lot. You know, I don't really want to get rid of it. But I mean, it just kept shooting to the left for me. And I just, I, I couldn't, it had to go. So both of those 59s were absolutely just gorgeous and beautiful. They had to go. Sorry, but um, I wish it didn't have to be that way. But I don't want to have to think about how I'm gripping the thing and uh and not not twisting around in my hand and i don't want to have to think about where i'm aiming i just want to be looking where i want it to go and it's supposed to go there and it's just not doing it uh the bodnik slick stick was a very um very very cool bow it uh it was actually slippery in the hand slipperier in the hand that i wanted and i think that's a that's a factor of the finish on the bow um it does have a very good locator handle like i said the, the grip that worked out really well but um you know again it was something that i couldn't put an elevated rest on it was just something i wanted to, to get in here for testing to shoot it to see how it shoots um but for you know i think they're like 350 bucks or something like that and I, I think 370 something like that. Anyway, it's a great bow. They come in the the, the reflex deflex longbow version and a recurve version. I had the recurve version, but other than the limbs and the limb tips, really, there's really no difference in them. The riser and everything like that is all the same. Um, shot really well. You know, it, it it definitely shot really well. Super light. It did you know take. Uh, I mean, you definitely could notice a little bit more hand shock in there because well, it's so light. Uh, you know, and obviously, if you do more tuning and shoot a much heavier arrow, that kind of stuff, of course, it's going to deaden that. Um, you know, I, I, on, I only had it for like a week or two while kind of messing around with it. And, um, you know, I got a shooting, you know, very well. I mean, all, all of these I got to the point where I would take it out, out into the field and feel confident, um, you, know, you know, hunting with them. But, you know, uh, it, it just didn't, it, it didn't, you know spark any like uh, you know any, any tinglings of uh oh man i really i really got to keep this this bow this one's a keeper um it, it's a great bow don't get me wrong it's just it, it just didn't go that extra mile for me like hey it doesn't offer me anything that i don't already have um it, it was just fun to test out fun to build arrows for fun to tune and um you know i did but it's a great option if you guys are looking for uh, a reflex deflex longbow or the <clears throat> the less popular the re uh, recurve version of it great bows very very solid great warranty 30 year warranty or something like that so um anyway the uh like i said i had an omega original for a while again it was a little bit too long for me and the grip on that thing is just a little bit too fat and i i know you know and i just got like a stock bow i'm sure if you call kagan up and say hey you know i i need a little bit thinner this a little bit thinner that i'm sure he'll work with you you know great guy great boyer um super solid bow uh, <clears throat> very fast, you know, very efficient limbs, very quiet, you know, it's got that longbow, like, you know, when, when, when it shoots something, um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me, very much enjoyed it, but, uh, again, um, <clears throat> because of the, because of the length, you know, it just, it just wasn't a keeper, um, but it definitely, definitely a great, great option, so, and, uh, let's see, the Grizzly, like I said, the Grizzly, I've been shooting, uh, just, for a long time now and and we've we've melded this past uh spring 
and early uh, this this season for, for deer, I did, you know, walking around, walking in, walking out, that kind of thing, scouting midday. I did a lot of stump shooting. Man, I did a lot of stump shooting, and that's something I really hadn't done um, <clears throat> much of until until this past year. And boy, let me tell you, that's a whole lot of fun. I mean, stump shooting is a lot of fun, and it's, and it's actually, um, I was really, really glad I was able to do that because you're actually taking shots in the field while walking around at random distances and no matter how many no matter how many you know um uh, 3D courses you go to or shooting ranges you go to it's just not the same it's just not the same when you're trying to pick out like a little hollowed out kind of dark little spot on a fallen you know rotted out log kind of thing um just a ton of fun and and I'll tell you, we, we gelled. Me and that bow, we gelled. Now, of course, I did miss my turkey this year with that bow, but that's not the bow's fault. That was my fault. Um, but but the whole, uh, uh, you know, stump shooting kind of thing with that thing, I had a ton of fun with that. It, it points. It shoots where I wanted to. Now, at longer... I do notice that at longer, like past 20, 22 yards, it does tend to hit just a little bit to the right for me. But all the way from 0 to 20, it's like dead on. You know, and again, I have zero desire to do anything past 20 yards whatsoever. Like, I don't care. I mean, the world could end at 20 yards, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even know or, or care to know anything else about it. Don't really care. So that's that's a keeper. It's hanging up here. It's one bow that I've kept. Um, that's that's definitely a keeper. It's like I said, it's like 41 and a half pounds of 27, and it's it's just I, I love it. I love that thing. I love carrying it. It's it's got enough mass. It's light enough. Uh, it's short enough, and it points where and it shoots where I want it to. Points really well. Carries really well. Super super love it. So, um, <clears throat> so the next one, I guess, the last one we can talk about is that uh, the Tolkien Pika. The pika was very close to a keeper. Um, I've, I, I've I wanted one for a long time, and I and, and I pick one up, and again that was that one ended up being I think it's like a 47 some pound bow, but it actually was like the, the way I was shooting it. Like I said, that that's my fault um, for not having the right arrows for it. Was I was I was pulling it past you know 28 something something inches you know I could do it I didn't have a clicker on it but just for testing and and, and shooting and and kind of dicking around for for a week or two with it um, you know that th- that was fine but you know that one again that has has a nice super radius uh, shelf in fact uh, you know when when they come from the factory they they only have like a very little tiny little piece of leather on the side and a tiny little leather piece of leather that that the arrow sits on on the shelf and that's it you know and that's all it really needs you don't need like a like a ton of material on there because that's all that the arrow is contacting and yeah I mean I can get it to fly very very well the grip was amazing. The feel was amazing. Very smooth, 56 inch. The overall size was was you know just just about perfect. Um, one thing I did not like. Well, two things I didn't like. One thing I really didn't like is I did not like that skinny string. I mean, it's like an eight or nine strand string. I think it's like tiny, 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 tiny. And it actually had like two layers of of serving on it to be able to get a knock to fit on it because I took one layer off I'm like oh shit there's another layer of serving underneath here because I was I was trying to um, mess around with knock, knock fit a little bit so I started to, to unwind I cut away you know the, the serving the center serving and I noticed like oh crap there's like another whole layer underneath this thing um, I, I, I don't know why they do that they probably do it because it's uh, maybe it's a more efficient string it's lighter um, you know, whatever, and, and they do a uh, uh, continuous loop string. I don't know what your preference is. 
and it's probably a, b a better string. I don't know, but I really love the look of Flemish twist on, on a traditional bow. I know that may sound you know ridiculous, but I again, it, it needs to look the part, and that's and that string just does not look the part on a traditional bow. I'm sorry, but um, I know the Tolkies have their reasons for it, you know, and <laughs> it's their bow. Uh, they've got the R and D and all that stuff into it, the, you know, the design and stuff into it. Um, you know, so not trying to second guess them, but I just didn't like the string. Uh, that string would would have to go. Would have to be a um, you know s some other you know fast flight type of string that's uh, you know thicker, you know 14 strand, 12 strand, whatever, with uh, you know w one one row of you know one level of uh, um, uh, center serving. And uh, I'm sure it would slow the string down. I'm sure it wouldn't be as, as efficient or whatever, but I don't care. I mean, that's the way I would, if it was my bow and I wasn't going to turn around and sell it, which I did, um, I, that's what I would do to that one. So the skinny string thing for me, just, you know, A, the fact that it's, it's skinny, and B, the fact that it's endless loop, I just uh, did, did not care for it whatsoever. Um, the, uh, the second part was as great as that grip is, um, the the shelf is a little bit too close to the center line, you know, to, to, to the top of your, of your hand. Now I know that the closer it is to your hand, the, to the center line, the more, uh, you know, the less torque, uh, the, the less pivot that there is, you know, between the center line of of, of the arrow and the center line of, you know, or where it's going to pivot, you know, in your um, in, in in the groove of that grip, obviously. That's that's on purpose. Just like a pistol, you know, if if, if the um, <clears throat> if the bore, you know, the the um, the barrel, of the bore is like close to your hand, uh, you know, in, in the frame, like low low wise, it's it's not gonna uh, the, the recoil is more manageable. It's just more accurate. I, I I get all that, but for my hands, when I would grip the thing, and you get that little meat that squishes out between your thumb and then your index finger, you know, right 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 above or right basically where you grip the um, um, you know in the deepest part of that groove I think it needed a little bit more of a beaver tail to cover that up because I would get a little bit of meat and skin kind of like like squishing out a little bit and every now and then I would get feather contact across across the top of my hand um, not much not enough that it's gonna like dig a quill into there or anything like that or you know nothing like that but I would just every now and then I, I, I would feel that and I I didn't like it I think it just needed maybe like even another sixteenth of an inch more material you know between my hand and and that shelf and between the arrow that, that's it that's all I really would need it but I mean it's just enough that every now and then I, I would feel it and and I, I didn't like it and I didn't want to have to grip the bow any lower I want to grip the bow high and tight and choke up on that grip as much as I can because that's what the locator grip is for so well you know that that was that was one of the minor gripes um, minor gripes for me so in any anything that's going to have like that kind of a grip definitely needs to have just enough kind of a, more of a, a of a beef up there or more of a little beaver tail to kind of curve around and kind of protect the top of that that of your hand from you know any of that meat that kind of squishes up and out so it's not in the path of uh of uh of, of the arrow so um that's pretty much gonna kind of wrap it up i think um with all of that said I, I, you know, I, I've settled on, like I said, I, I keep coming back to this Grizzly. This bow is older than I am, and I really, I really love the thing. The only new bow that I'm really looking forward to, like I said, is this, uh, this Java Man. Um, uh, it's, it's going to be, I'm, I'm, you know what, I've never shot one. 
I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm taking a huge leap of faith. Um, I've never shot one, but these are concerns that I've talked with Greg about when I was ordering the bow. And I said, hey, you know, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. And um, I know, again, I'm not going to be able to put an elevated rest on there, but I've been looking at the, at the grip and I think the grip does have more of a beaver tail than say like a pika does. And I don't think it's going to be an issue with, with feather contact or anything like that. Um, and it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a beautiful bow with the colors I want in it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's a longbow obviously but it's a very unique looking longbow which uh which 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 takes it away from the you know i was always i was saying that the recurve has a little little sexier kind of thing but the the unique look of this thing kind of trumps all that and kind of you know washes that away even though it's not a recurve it's got its own kind of unique look all to itself and i can't i can't wait to get that it's going to be about another three four months something like that um so that's that's definitely kind of a next year thing and uh, as soon as i get it obviously i'm gonna you know post about it and shoot it and not stop talking about it for for a long long time so i'm really looking forward to that but anyway um i'm gonna wrap that up here so all the things we talked about again these are my opinions from shooting these bows for the last i'm, I'm gonna say you know it's definitely the last two years uh but you know overall the last like you know three four five years something like that um your guys's opinions may vary i'd like to hear about it definitely i know some of you are going to argue about you know grip and you know bow length and poundage and, and and all that stuff and that's fine you guys are entitled to your opinions um i'd still like to try like i said some of these other styles of bows namely like a hill like a like a debo like a straight grip debo uh because that's the only one i really haven't shot i'm really really curious about it but you know every time i deviate away from what i think i like and i'm gonna say oh, i'm gonna try something new i'm gonna try this try that well nope it sounds it sounds good at first. I'm like, oh, you know, this feels good. But then after a while, I'm like, no, no, I, I like the other way better. I like the way I like it better. I like my grip better. I like the, the mass weight better. I like the length of the bow better. So these are what I kind of keep coming back to. And, you know, if, if you are, you know, if you're like a bow hole like me, that's fine. But if you're trying to narrow down um, and, and, and and kind of like a little make like a little checklist you know like a yes no yes no or a tick mark kind of thing um you know pros cons whatever if you're able to shoot a variety of bows that even if they don't have all of these attributes in one bow if you're able to shoot a bow with a pistol grip versus like a straight handle you can you can tell yourself okay this is what i like best if you're able to carry around a, a long you know 66 inch bow versus like a kodiak magnum or you know grizz or something like that then you can be like okay I like the you know the length of a bow uh, better this way versus versus that way, and then you can kind of it's almost like doing like a search function you know when when you're searching for you know anything online or whatever you put in your criteria and you say well give me this and give me this and give me this and give me this and then it'll spit you know not not that some there's something exists to spit that out but at least it'll spit out on paper for you what you are actually really looking for and be like oh yeah i'm looking for a 62 inch bow uh that's a that's a recurve that's got a pistol grip that's got this it's got that and what's out there that fits this criteria and it might actually get you guys down the road to finding the perfect quote unquote you know you never will hint hint it's not going to happen but the perfect bow that that you're going to have uh you know the most the most success and, and fun with so anyway and if not well at least you have fun you know, trying out all these bows and, and, and shooting things. And that's kind of what we're all in it for, with, for the fun. So anyway, uh, appreciate it. This is, uh, like I said, I'm recording this on December 
7th. It's actually December 8th now as I do this. Um, so thanks for you guys' support. Definitely go check out the, uh, the YouTube channel. I just posted that, that, that review on the Samick Sage. No, it's not a shooting review. It's just me kind of talking about it, talking about some points on it that, uh, um, you know, I felt were, were kind of important. So, and if you guys are going to go do any kind of shopping, again, I keep saying, um, best way to support this channel and anything I do or whatever is to go go through any of my links on YouTube. Do the little arrow drop down, look in the description. I'll have an Amazon affiliate link. And if you click through there and you go and you buy anything on Amazon, anything, you don't have to buy the bow, you don't have to buy whatever you can buy. Like I keep saying, a pack of underwear, a pack of Sharpies, whatever. The fact that you went through that link in my, in my um, uh, video, then I get a little bit of a commission for it. And that's really the only kind of money begging I do from you guys. I'm not going to do Patreon or any of that kind of stuff. So, uh, um, anyway, that kind of stuff is much appreciated. Please like, share, and subscribe. It's it's uh, really, really huge. And ratings, tell a friend. Uh, ratings are really, really huge. Tell a friend to subscribe too. And I hope you guys' uh, uh, Christmas and Christmas holidays and everything like that, or he heading into Christmas and the holidays, is going good. Hope you guys are able to see uh, friends and family, uh, even with all this COVID, uh, COVID business. So other than that, I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks.